Welcome to the Notorious uh, Hot Tig. This is uh, Hot Dog, and I'm joined by a very special guest, who is the Hot Tig himself. Tig, what's up? Uh, not too much, man. How about you? Not too much. Um, so this has been an interesting couple of days for us, obviously. Pretty exciting time. Uh, I guess, I don't know, for me, it's kind of felt like a whirlwind in the last, I don't know, like the entire two weeks or three weeks. I don't even know how long it's been since expansion. Has it felt the same for you? It, it there was a really long period where it was just a big lull after the initial excitement and that's true that was kind of hard to take because there's only so much scouting for the expansion draft that you can really do <laughs> that's and true. the rest and, is just waiting and you got your your logo and brand out earlier so like i still had a week of sort of sitting on things that were coming whereas you were were kind of chilling waiting for the list to come out i guess at that point yeah pretty much at least I, I still had Detroit going on, so like that that kept me busy. But right, right, yeah. Uh, so now that I mean, I, I know that we were talking uh, a decent amount before the draft happened. Like each sitting in our own Discord servers, waiting for it to finally populate. Uh, so now that it's <laughs> finally got some other people in it, how's it going? I uh, no, it's it's good. Everyone's starting to gel a little bit. We've got some action in the uh, the pet channel. Uh, everyone loves Fred's cat because Fred's cat is adorable. <laughs> we uh so so i don't know if you asked any of the expansion players if they had pets but my uh i didn't either but but my crew seems to also have a, a tremendous quality and quantity of pets it's like pretty amazing I, I didn't scout it at all it just sort of happened and like like carlos has got a really cute cat got some some dogs in there some cats it's awesome yeah uh fred's cat is already an emote in seattle <laughs> amazing His cat's name is scurvy he has one wow. eye Wow, Just that's amazing. Fantastic cat. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, uh, this seems like things are going well, right? That's, that's the most you could hope for in the first couple of days. No complaints so far. Hell yeah. Um, so I, I pitched this idea to TIG before the expansion draft. Um, I'm talking to the audience now, all like four people that are going to listen to this. Um, <laughs> I, pitched, <laughs> I pitched this idea to TIG beforehand. Um, eventually what I want to do with this podcast is bring various people on to talk about things. And I feel like since I've been doing expansion themed episodes so far, this would be a really good peek behind the curtain. And actually like Tig and I, we've talked a little bit about various things, but we haven't, I don't know, we haven't like fully shared our mindsets with each other post expansion draft. Um, so, so we've been communicating a decent amount throughout all of this, but like, I, I still don't know his entire draft plan. So I'm actually curious. I have a couple questions for him as we go. So I took some questions, but I think we'll start, by just sort of going through the draft uh, and, and talking about the picks. Uh, I guess <laughs> towards the end, we'll, we'll maybe have a little bit less to say. <laughs> uh, but but at, the, at the beginning, I think there's some really interesting things going on. So um, first overall pick, uh, you stepped up to the plate. You, you milked the whole clock. You took 10 minutes. No, you, you typed it immediately. I think it wasn't really <laughs> a surprise. A surprise to many people. You took Cassius Darrow trips. Um, not a surprise. Uh, I, I'm sure you, you picked this out pretty early. What are your, your thoughts on this pick? Um, I was really surprised that it was even an option. Mm -hmm. um, I, I know Trips pretty well. We GM'd against each other for quite a long time in, in the J. Um, and, you know, we're, we're pretty close just because we ended up being trading partners all the time. Uh, we just kind of, we vibe with each other is probably the best way of putting it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Uh, so it was, it was pretty well a no-brainer, even if he wasn't a 2000 TPE defenseman. <laughs> yeah, right. That's just like a bonus, right? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, so the fact that he's a superstar also kind of helped a little bit, but uh, I, it, it was almost unnecessary. It was such a slam dunk of a person to add to the locker room. For sure. Um, so I, I, there was never really a point where it was a consideration uh, for anyone other than him. Yeah, I was going to ask. Uh, I kind of figured that would be the case, especially with us only being allowed one total person from Buffalo. That, like, that, that makes it even easier. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, so that's awesome. That's, that's pretty cool. How, uh, how excited were you that you won the coin flip? Because at that point, the lists were already out, so we knew who the, the sort of top prize would be. How, what were your thoughts after winning the coin flip there? I was stoked. I felt kind of bad because <laughs> <laughs> I know you were absolutely not stoked, but I was very stoked. <laughs> so actually, this is one of the things I'm most curious about. So, so at, at this point, I hadn't like confirmed it with you or anything, but it was pretty obvious that you were going to take him, that you were going to take trips. And so my plan was that if I had gotten the coin flip, I would have chosen first an expansion and try to get you to trade me something in order to convince me to not take someone from Buffalo and, and leave Darrow for you. How would that have gone for me? Uh, we would have worked something out because that would have been the exact plan I would have had. Damn. <laughs> I, would, I was like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. I, would, I would have been trying to, to get that pick. Yeah, I figured. Man, I was like, I, I mean, you know, it's a coin flip. There's a 50-50 chance. And I was like, all right, I'm going to get some sort of asset here or I'm not. And it's just going to be decided by Corey's little flip of the coin, the fake coin, yeah. not even a real coin. I have very little luck when it comes to like games of chance. So I, was, <laughs> I had zero expectation of winning. It was a very nice surprise. Luckily for you, that's not how math works. So that went in your favor. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was great. Um, happy for you uh happy that you obviously got trips there um so no no real considerations to i mean no offense to anybody else but that was a, a pretty obvious pick for you yeah yeah i mean that, that's again doesn't reflect on anyone else in the draft it's just the for combination sure. of the person and the player is just beyond what you could have expected to be able to pick up an expansion yeah absolutely uh and so at this point, I am now locked out from Buffalo, um, which I knew in advance. Like, I, I talked to some of the people, like, just in case. I don't know. I, I knew that you were going to take Darrow, but there was, like, always a sliver in the back of my mind. Like, what if he tries to play games and, like, take someone else? Should I, like, swoop in and draft someone from Buffalo? So earlier in the week, I did talk to a couple people, a couple of the other exposed people um, with the knowledge. And I, and I, like, said this to them. I'm like, this probably isn't going to matter. Uh, but then you obviously took trips, and it indeed did not matter. So that gave me uh, my first-round pick and second-round pick. And so at this point, I think there's a, a pretty interesting chunk um, where, I don't know, I guess later in the draft, we might not have had a lot of overlap in our lists. But at the top, I think we probably did. Um, and, and I think that's maybe reflected in these first couple of picks. So my first-round pick was Keith Lee. Uh, TDZ's player uh, from Toronto, and then Guy O'Shea uh, from Texas. So uh, obviously these are back-to-back. -back. I, I gave Lee the, the bonus because he's a, a longer-tenured player here, so I think he, de he deserved to be up there in the top billing. Um, so for me, uh, I'll just give a, a little insight here. Um, I was able to talk to both of these players, which wasn't necessarily the case for all the players in the draft, as, as we'll talk about later, but was able to talk to both of them, um, got along pretty well with both of them, uh, O'Shea is already signed for next season, and Lee gave me some positive uh, 
indications that he would be willing to sign if I were to draft him. And so from a TPE perspective, they're uh, pretty solid, for, especially for where they are in their class. Lee is, is sort of killing it uh, for his draft class. And a, a trend throughout the rest of this draft after the first couple rounds is that there's not too many young active players. Uh, and so these are two of the young active players that I did see and sort of jumped at the, the chance to take them. And, and uh, you get like a, a forward and a defenseman, which is kind of nice. We're building a team from scratch, so you got to get all the positions. Eventually, you don't want to be overloaded. Um, so, Tig, I, I think the, I, I assume these two were on your radar in some capacity. How did you, did you expect <laughs> me to take them, or, or how did you feel when you saw me take them? I was really hoping you weren't going to, because they were also two and three on my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you, you kind of pulled the rug out from under me there. Um, obviously, uh, O'Shea was part of my team in Detroit for a long time, so I, I know him pretty well, and I would have been very happy to get him an expansion. Um, but obviously, with him being such a valuable asset to the, as a young D, that that's very hard to pass up. So I understand you gunning for it. <laughs> and then uh, TDZ, obviously, just a guy who's been around the site forever, um, really knows what he's doing. When I thought about him, I was looking at you know the potential. Like, is he somebody that maybe could be a, a co-GM or part of a war room mm-hmm. uh, on top of being a young uh, top earner? And so he just he just brought so much to the table that I'm not shocked that he was the second pick, right? Um, but uh, yeah, no. As I said, they they were the the number two and three on my list, so I was disappointed to see them both go. Yeah, and so I, I think that's a decent segue into your next two picks, which would have also been my next two picks. And so it certainly seems uh, we'll recap after this top five, but um, it seems like these top five we basically had all the same. Um, I mean, Daryl wasn't really a consideration for me, but, but in your second round pick, you took Thomas Vanis. And then in the third round, uh, fifth overall, you took Abel Skinner. So you want to talk about those guys a little bit? It's, it's kind of like this, <laughs> the same as mine. You get a forward and a D. They're young, they're active, they're good people. But uh, you want to talk about them? Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, it kind of, kind of comes down to the, the youth factor, um, mm-hmm. getting some people in that are going to be around for a while. Um, Juosu is a very experienced general manager in other sim leagues. Uh, so someone that I'm excited to kind of have in the war room just for experience, a little bit of a new perspective, because obviously when you're starting out, you don't have that kind of support network when you're mm-hmm. wanting to bounce ideas off of people for moves and like, getting into the draft and that. So uh, very happy to be able to pick Vanis up. And then uh, Skinner, um, very similar to O'Shea, just um, a really good young defenseman. Um, uh, my player's not getting any younger. <laughs> <laughs> so it's going gonna, it's gonna to be nice having someone that's working their way up and bubbling under a little bit. Um, he's, he's already close to 1,000 TP, so it's not like he's yeah, far away yeah. from making his mark. But um, having somebody that's still at that age where they're pushing up rather than kind of trying to keep pace, that's going to that's gonna be huge for us in the next few seasons, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think this is a trend that we'll see with the rest of the draft. Like, again, I'll, I'll keep repeating this, but there aren't too many players in that range, that sort of season range that are active. Um, so it's definitely no surprise to see these all snatched up. Um, so you said that uh, TDZ and O'Shea would have been two and three on your list. And I can also say that Vanis and Skinner would have been the next up on my list. Um, and so uh, it seems like we had basically the, the exact same top five. I was actually 
so a, a little peek behind the curtain. I was thinking about taking Skinner instead of O'Shea, but I knew of your connections to O'Shea from Detroit. I, I knew that there was no way you would pass him up. And I thought, like, maybe you would pass Skinner up. Uh, I mean, obviously you didn't. And so that's a bummer. But that was my thinking. So, like, like those two, pretty similar TPE, like a season behind. But, but otherwise, both really good prospects. Um, I was extra bummed as well that you took Vanis. Because uh, Juos is someone that I know decently well from PBE. Um, would have been really excited to get Vanis onto the team. Uh, and so it, it, it kind of sucked to see you take both of them. Um, as I'm sure you probably felt to see uh, Lee and O'Shea go as well right before you. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, av- after this point, I think, is where we started getting out of each other's way a little bit more. Um, Which was nice. That was good. The top five was definitely where I was sweating the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know, man. I, like, I was pretty sure you would take one of them. I didn't really think you'd take both, but like... We talked about this before privately. Like we have pretty similar mindsets or mentalities about, I don't know, running a team in general, and so or I don't know, like similar enough personalities. It's probably not all that surprising that we went for similar players, but nonetheless, sitting here at my desk, I was like, damn, he just he took both of them. Yeah, and and definitely, especially once I had picked um, Darrow and Skinner. Um, obviously I didn't just completely stick to forwards after that point, but I, I kind of had an inkling that, okay, now's the point where I need to start looking at forwards more so than defensemen. And I also know that obviously with your player being a forward, uh, you taking Lee, um, that's, you're probably going to want to grab a defenseman pretty soon. So I, I, that's, that's kind of where I started to see our paths diverge a little bit. But uh, we hadn't quite gotten to the point in the draft where um, the inactives had started to hit. So <laughs> uh, it, was, it was definitely hairy for a bit. I was kind of, uh, I, I, like, like I said, I was sweating in the top five, but the top 10 especially, I was a little bit scared. Yeah, looking this over, I feel like, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Um, just curious, uh, what was your setup like during the draft? Like, I, I know I had personally a few different tabs open. I'm curious if you had a, a similar setup. What, was your, what were you sort of looking at during the draft? Uh, so I, I had made um, a, um, a spreadsheet, or a couple spreadsheets. Uh, one mm-hmm. was just a list of all of the players. Um, and then on a second tab, I had a, um, a short list. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just kind of I, over the course of the two weeks or whatever, I'd started prioritizing uh, the, the players in order of where I'd want them. Mm-hmm. Um, just giving myself some different options as well if I wanted to start moving into more positional need than anything. Um, I also had the um, the budget tab open just so I could quickly reference a player's <laughs> contract. Uh, just because I, I didn't want to absorb a gross cap hit. <laughs> no, no, I did pretty much the same thing. I did the same, yeah. basically the same setup. Um, yeah, I had the, the spreadsheets. Um, we also had to post in the thread during the draft as well, so I had to keep that up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Discord for the picks, obviously. Um, all right, so top five went, and then it came back to me. Um, at this point, I had been prepared for what happens if Tig takes one of the guys that I want. I wasn't as fully prepared for what happens if Tig takes both of them. So the fact that you took both of them, again, in retrospect, shouldn't have been a surprise. But I was still a little bit caught off guard by it. 
Um, so third round, I took Carlos Brown from Edmonton. Um, this is someone who I had my eyes on the whole time. I, I was really excited to get Carlos. Um, so a, another younger player, um, not like at the top of his class in TPE, but earning very consistently um, and, and dedicated to continuing to earn. Um, I was able to talk to him a little bit beforehand, and, and he seemed extremely open to the idea of, of joining an expansion team. Um, so super excited to get Carlos Brown there. And the next pick is, this is the first time, I think, where it took a little bit longer. Um, so I took a little bit of the clock here um, to come up with my next pick. And this is probably, if we're being honest, this is probably the first surprise. I don't know if you were surprised to see me take Manuel Goza here. Um, I, was, I was a little bit surprised. Um, I, I just... With age and contract status, I thought uh, yeah. the next Texas pick might be a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I I, I don't disagree. Um, my thinking behind this was Mav is someone that I know pretty well from New England. Um, really good person. Would really like to have him on the team. And his player is still very good, and he's still fighting regression. Um, so he is old. Uh, but he's committed to sticking around for a little bit, uh, which is encouraging. And I probably, especially hearing what you're saying now, I probably could have gotten him later. But the fact that one Texas player was already picked meant that if there was another Texas player picked, I wouldn't be able to get him. And so this is probably a little bit early. Uh, no, again, no offense to Mavs, just because his player is old as shit. Um, a little bit early to get him, but, but uh, again, for, in fear of getting locked out from Texas, I decided to go for it. Was, was anyone else from Texas on your immediate radar for this next pick? Um, not immediately on my shortlist. Tchaikovsky mm-hmm. um, was um, a little ways down, uh, mm-hmm. just as another you know good, serviceable player that's still fighting regression. Um, I talked a little bit with him. He, he wasn't necessarily against joining an expansion team. It was kind of a, a consideration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again, we'll, we'll start getting into more of the free agents, I think, later on in the draft. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. That's, that, that, that was one of those dice rolls that I was prepared to go with if it came to it. But obviously, with, with you taking uh, uh, Goza, then that, that, that kind of uh, closed that off for me. But that, that's okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so probably a little bit early, but that happens in a draft like this. Like You see someone you want, and you got to go for it. got to make sure you get them. So next, you take Chris Darzins and Satoshi Zigzaguni. You want to talk a little bit about those two picks? Again, you're going forward and defenseman. Nice balance all the way through. Yeah, definitely. Um, Darzins was um, that kind of prospect forward out of all of the ones that were available that I wanted probably the most, along with Fred, who I did end up getting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Darzins, we did have him in Hamilton for a while uh, before trading right, him to right. New England. Um, and poor guys you know, on his fourth team. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's happy to have a home, I think. Um, oh, for sure. For we've, sure. we've got him signed for a few years now. Um, but yeah, no, it, it, he was a good earner, consistent, earner, really good attitude. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I consider him to be a foundational piece for the team. So I was really happy that he was still available, obviously with, uh, Brown going, um, that that took one of the younger forwards off the board, but as I said, um, for me, Darzins and then uh, Wainsley as well, just because of my personal connection with him, they were they were probably the two of the youngest forwards that I wanted the most. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with uh, 
uh, Satoshi. That's uh, Wazi's player. Uh, Wazi was actually the GM that drafted me to Detroit. Um, <laughs> he's he's an interesting guy. I like Wazi a lot, um, and is a he, very good player. Hasn't hit regression yet. Um, really stacks our decor pretty well. Yeah. Um, so we we've got a really nice top three. Uh, just when you consider Darrow. Um, Wazi and then myself uh, at this point in the draft, I was already thinking, you know, like okay, we're we're doing pretty well on the back end. Well, you're pretty uh, bad. Your your player's pretty bad, but I would say besides yeah, I, you, I, I think I think it's good. I've I've got the sixth spot covered. <laughs> uh, no, and it's like we're we're learning that uh, it's still probably too early, but it seems like defense is really important in FHM. So it's it's really strong to be able to build a decor that good that fast. Yeah, and I I think uh, to some degree also. In my opinion, the the defensemen that were available in expansion were miles better than the forwards on average. Yep, yep. Um, so is, both on average and just the the best players available typically tended to be D. So it, 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 there came a point where it was about just grabbing the most value you could, and then there, there weren't a lot of forwards to necessarily fill out a roster with. So that's yeah. going to be the project, I think. Um, obviously, you you getting your own players a bit of a help. I don't have but, for sure. For sure. Um, the depth, the depth though, for both of us isn't quite there yet. Yeah, it, it, it'll be a work in progress, but yeah, um, we weren't expecting to be contenders. Yeah. So uh, hearing you talk about Darzins and and then later Fred, um, I was kind of grouping those four S fifty three forwards together. Um, so that's Carlos Brown, Darzins, Fred, and then Patrick Twist, who we'll get to later. Um, I was kind of grouping those four together as like the set of young players because there were barely any S53s available in this um, yeah, or, or yeah. barely any actives. And those were the four. They're all forwards. Um, I did. Yeah. Well, I didn't talk to Twist. I didn't talk to Patty before the draft, but I talked to the other three. Um, we'll talk about that later, but but I'd sort of grouped those four together, so I think it's kind of interesting that we each got two, and it sounds like we're both pleased with the two that we got. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's it's annoying how similarly we thought about this, but I, I guess it's probably to be expected. <laughs> there, uh, especially at the top of the draft, there wasn't. Uh, it it was more about grabbing the active long term pieces. Yeah. Um, and there's just, there were so few to go around that yeah. I I think it makes sense that we were fighting each other off for them <laughs> yeah um so next up i took so i know duff cares a lot about the correct pronunciation of his player's last name and so instead of butchering it i'm just going to go with samat i'm just going to go with the first name out of respect for not potentially butchering the last name so that's my goalie um and then i took jeff moore from manhattan so these are both players from manhattan um at this point i had noticed that Tig had taken a lot of the higher TPE defensemen, um, so Darrow, obviously, and then Zigzaguni, uh, just previous. And so Lepish's player was there, Jeff Moore. Um, old, another old, uh, but uh, again, a really good person that I wanted to add to the locker room. Uh, Lepi brings a lot of positivity and activity, and so that was something that really attracted me, plus the defensemen at this stage. Um, and so... I wanted his player at some point and taking the goalie that I wanted, sort of the goalie of the future. I can talk more about that in a second as well, but I, I took the goalie of the future that I wanted from Manhattan. And again, I didn't want to get blocked out of Manhattan. So I took uh, Jeff Moore. Now I maybe could have gotten him later. I don't really know if anyone 
the radar, but but I took more now again to secure the, that I would be able to have him at all. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, I think that was that was there was another point in the draft where I think you drafted two people from the same team in one round. Yeah, it was later with New England. Uh, yeah, okay, that, that's what it was. Um, so yeah, with with uh, Lepish, you know what you're getting. Um, really positive energy um, in the locker room. That's that's something that's really important for us starting out. You know, for for weeks it was just each of us in the locker room. So, so you want people that are going to be in there, being excited and, and all that. Um, and his player is still really good, despite being pretty old. And then with Samat, I get a goalie. Um, he was someone who was very much on my radar. I, I had to sort of pick and choose the right time to take him um, because uh, getting a young goalie was a priority for me, and there was really only in the draft, like, one active. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that I was the one who got this young active goalie. Um, so I, I, again, secured that here in my third turn. Yeah, my third turn. So took the Manhattan boys. Um, they've been great so far, so I'm, I'm really happy with, with that selection. And then back to you, you took Fred, who you've already talked a little bit about. You got the Detroit Connections, another one of those young forwards, who, like, incredibly opportune timing returning to activity, huh? Yeah, no, that, was, that worked itself out pretty nicely. Um, I was sad when he initially started to go a little bit inactive because uh, Fred's a real linchpin of the locker room in Detroit. Mm-hmm. Um, just such an upbeat guy just fantastic for the locker room environment mm-hmm. uh, so his absence he was never really absent from the locker room he just wasn't checking in as much because he got busy mm-hmm. um but you know now that he's back and a little bit um more talkative than he had been just when he, when things were flaring up you know it's it, it's really noticeable how much conversation he drives just by being so pleasant and upbeat all the time yeah uh, so it was, it was a no-brainer. I, I wanted Fred going in, and that was one of my targets. So I was really happy that I was able to get him. For sure. Um, and he, so he, uh, I talked to him a little bit when I was scouting for New England back in his uh, entry draft. And then I talked to him a little bit again before this. So I completely agree with your assessment. You, you of course, know him a little bit better from Detroit, but um, I would have been happy to have him on the team as well. Uh, congrats to you for, for getting him there. That was a good pick. He's a little bit behind in TPE because he, he sort of, Stopped earning for a bit, but I assume for you, especially the the sort of what he can bring to the locker room is worth that small gap in TP, and and he's earning again, so it's not even really an issue. Yeah, definitely, he's is a little bit behind, but he's capable of earning really well. Um, and he had <laughs> been in the past, so you know now that he's got time and he's got the energy to do so, um, he's looking at writing some media coming up here, so that's that's going to be really good. Um, Definitely think he can kind of overcome that uh, missing TPE. And For sure. uh, I mean, we, you don't need a player to become a 2000 TPE um, peak guy to actually, you know, get a lot out of them in their career. For sure. Uh, for sure. So, you know, if, if, if he becomes a 1200 TPE forward for us for several years, like that's fantastic. That's going to be really useful. Plus the locker and room it, stuff too. Plus the locker room stuff. And then, you know, if, if, it, all that time, if that's the level that he's comfortable producing, then everyone's happy. No one's getting burnt out. It all works out. Yeah. And so interestingly, it's a good segue into your next pick, who I think this is, I don't know, for me, this is probably the most interesting pick of the draft. Um, so round seven is when Bo Kane finally comes off the board. Bo Kane, by sort of age and TPE, should be one of the top players in the entire draft. 
Um, of course, you see him falling to seventh. I think we were both a little bit hesitant. Um, part of the reason, well, I'll let you talk about this since you're the one that, that took him. What are your thoughts here? Uh, yeah, so I had um, a pretty distinct point in my list where that became an option, where I was, mm-hmm. where the potential gain kind of outweighed the risk that I was going to be taking by leaving someone else go. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of a little bit of calculus on my part, just kind of figuring out where that point was going to be that I was actually comfortable uh, taking a risk. And uh, th- this was it. I just, obviously, um, the forwards that I'd taken at this point were mostly pretty young, other than, I mean, even Vanis is pretty pretty young, a thousand mm-hmm. TV. So we didn't really have a centerpiece forward. And we pretty desperately need one. Mm-hmm. So I figured, you know, let's let's go with Kane. Let's see if we can convince him to stay. Um, and hopefully it works out. And if it wasn't, if it doesn't work out, then it was still probably worth the risk based on what we left available. Yeah, for sure. Um, to, to explain a little bit to the audience, why, I don't know, I, I assume most people know, but like, that's a pretty big name to fall this far in a draft where there's not that much else available. Um, so to explain what's going on here, Kane is a pending free agent. So he's hitting free agency in about a week or so, a little bit less than a week. And I assume this is the case for you. We weren't allowed to talk to him before expansion draft. So teams were allowed to permit us to talk to their exposed players, and teams were also allowed to deny us that permission. And this player was someone who I, at least, was denied permission. And so uh, I, I assume that's part of the reason he, he fell this far, and that's why it's sort of a risk for you, right? Yeah, exactly. It's um, just trying to manage that risk of you know losing a guy for nothing. It's, it's still fairly early in the draft. Like obviously, the a lot of the value has been squeezed out of it at this point, but it's still early enough that if I'd wanted to go a different direction, I could have. But I still just felt like this is if 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 this works out, this is going to be the highest value. I could get out of any of the next comic picks. Yeah. And so uh, uh, if, I don't know, I, I don't know what his plans are now. I don't know that you've been able to talk to him. Or I don't know if anything has changed. But the assumption was, I think, going into this, that he would hit free agency regardless of getting drafted. But uh, I was willing to make this risk at some point, and I assume this is what you're doing. Maybe the fact that you draft him gives you a slight leg up over me, for example, or, or any other team that, that would be willing to give him money. Maybe that'll give you a slight advantage in free agency, and so at a certain point, it might be worth it. Yeah, to a degree. I, I did the same thing with um, Buster right at the end of the draft. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, uh, I know Buster pretty well from Detroit, and I know for sure he's testing free agency. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to give him a, you know, a little look behind the scenes. Like, this is what our setup is. This is what the Discord looks like. This is the people involved so far. Um, yeah. Here's what we're about. You know me. Uh, this could be a good situation for you if you ever did want to come here. Um, and just you know, give him a, a week of being a Seattle Argonaut to see if he likes it. Yeah. And, uh, and, I mean, and the same thing applies to Kane here. Um, we're working on you know, uh, finding a contract that works for us, uh, just mm-hmm. getting budgets sorted and all of that. So um, it's it's going to be 
tough to say how, how it'll all go because there's still negotiations sure. to be had. Sure. Um, but it, it, it doesn't hurt to have somebody, you know, get in the locker room, interact with everyone, um, get, just envision themselves as an Argonaut, really. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And especially at this point in the draft, um, so, so I'm going to talk about my next two, and I think this is, after those two, that's when it, starts to, it sort of starts to fall off a cliff. So I think uh, this is probably the, the time to do it. I would have done it soon as well. And and this also yeah. answers uh, this also answers Blue's question, who who asked about your your risky pick. So I think thanks for the the insight there. And I think you're absolutely right. Like especially when you look at Buster's player later, like even if he's testing for agency, it's the 14th round. Like what else are you gonna get? You might as well. Exactly, especially if, when you get to the point in the draft where you need to draft from specific teams rather than drafting a player you actually necessarily want. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just figured, you know what? At, at this point, rather than draft an inactive that I'm going to drop, but let Buster come hang out for a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, that's that. That was my thought process on um on Buster's pick, but uh, also to a degree Kane's pick. I think uh, Kane signing with us could be a huge moment for us as a franchise, just in terms of getting that initial burst of star power up front. For sure, for sure. And like you said, um, you coming in as a defenseman, your top pick being a defenseman, you sort of need that, that star power forward. So if you can sign, that, that'd be awesome for you guys. Yeah, exactly. Um, so right after this, I think, is the other most interesting pick, maybe. Maybe this is just my own perspective. But that's Patrick Twist. Um, again, one of those S53 forwards, one of the younger forwards. The reason I say this one is interesting is he's another pending free agent, and he's another person who we weren't allowed to talk to. Uh, I assume, I assume yeah. you weren't you weren't given permission, right? So yeah, the only the only Chicago player I was able to talk to was Skinner. Well, I was Skinner. Yep, same same for me. I'm, <laughs> at least we got treated the same. That's good. <laughs> um, so twist. Uh, this was another similar gamble, not the same sort of gamble as Bo Kane, because it's a different player in a different position and completely different personalities as well. Um, but this is someone who I wasn't able to talk to before the draft. I had heard a lot of good things about Patty. Uh, I've seen him all over the site, uh, very active posting on the site, active with, with his podcast, with his Newfoundland buddies. Um, and so at this point, again, you're about to see after these next two, you're about to see everything sort of fall off the cliff. So this is when I took my slight gamble. Um, not Maybe not as a sort of big name a gamble as Bo Kane, but, but Patty's certainly a, a well-known name around the site and becoming even more well-known. And so even without the ability to talk to him, um, I decided this was the right gamble to take. Again, if you look at the other players that are left, there's no one really young or active. Um, and young active forwards is something that both of us need a lot. Um, so yeah, I, I took him and then finally messaged him. I was like, hey, I, I know this might be coming as a surprise. Like, you haven't heard anything from me, but this is why. This is why I'm picking you. Like, let's see if we can make this work. Um, so that, that I thought was a kind of interesting pick. I don't know, was he, as someone who also wasn't given permission to talk to him, was he on your radar at all? Was that something you considered taking? Uh, yeah, he would have been pretty close to next on my list, I think. Um, okay. Just, like, again, getting that young forward. Um, you, you, you're willing to take the risk on the free agency aspect of it. Um, it was being, Not being able to talk to him is what pushed him a little bit further down. For sure. Um, just because... it. You'd rather almost take a sure thing than a than a gamble at some point. Um, but it, it, again, this is just similar to Bo Kane. This is getting to the point in the draft where that gamble becomes worth it. So it was. It would have been around this point for me as well. Yeah. Um, 
so in in terms of his activity, I think he would have been right up there near the top um, if we had been able to talk to him in advance and, and if he sort of gave us that positive reassurance. And so at the I, very, I agree with that, yeah. you think so too? Yeah. So at the very beginning of the draft, or, or at the very beginning, sorry, when the expansion lists were released, when the protection lists were released, I knew you were going to take Dara. So I was trying to figure out who I was going to take second and third. And there was a point at which my second and third picks were going to be Kane and Twist. Um, I obviously turned away from that pretty early. I went through several iterations of what I thought I would do at two and three. But one of the earlier ones was actually taking Kane and Twist. The fact that we weren't able to talk to either of them sort of pushed them down a lot. Uh, I think we're each happy with the decision that we wound up making, and, and we're hoping for the best for the future from, from those two. Yeah, definitely. I, it's, it's all a game that you kind of have to play. Yeah. Um, and just make the, make the best decisions you can in the heat of the moment. <laughs> um, so for those of you, like, again, the, the two of you that are still listening at this point, We've gone pretty slowly through this start, but it's about to speed up really quick after I discuss this last one. Uh, so next up, round eight, I take Demarcus Smith. That's Blast. Blast me away, his player. Um, the reason he fell so far is because he's old as shit, um, I, I assume. Um, so Blast is an incredibly well-liked person around the site. Um, and though even, even though his player is old, I still did need defense at this point. Um, and so... I was able to talk to Blast. He, he's not set on retiring right away, so at least get a, a few seasons out of his old ass. And again, a, an amazing add to the locker room, a really positive influence, a lot of experience in the league, like a lot of uh, sort of the, the war room insights can be, can be coming from him. Uh, so I was super happy to get Blast here, despite his age. So, so now I've got sort of three pretty old players. You don't have any at this point in the draft. Um, but again, based on the, the users behind those old, I was pretty okay with it. Yeah, this uh, this pick actually surprised me a little bit. I had a running hunch that you might go for Poroshenko at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, just because um, he, he was he was on New England at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, and and we get along pretty well. He's also on the P team, so we uh, have spent a, a decent amount of time together. We get along really well. Um, I was able to talk to him, and, and I sort of knew his intentions already that he plans on testing free agency um and so he would have i don't know like considered giving uh giving me a chance but it it didn't seem like a likely thing and whereas blast is already signed he's willing to come to expansion maybe a little bit more excited to that opportunity not to say that that why man wasn't excited about the opportunity but i think he just had other plans in mind yeah um, no, so that, 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 that's why really fair were you considering taking a gamble on poroshenko at some point uh, yeah, he was he was on my list. Um, again, it's with the free agency um, aspect. Yeah, there comes a point, especially when it's somebody you don't know all that well. Yeah, uh, which sure. is the complete opposite of you of you and uh, you and him for me. Um, I don't I don't know him very well at all. So it it's a little bit of a tougher sell um, and a little yep. bit more of a risk. And if you know, obviously, if if it's a it's still a fairly significant risk for a guy who knows him very well uh yeah, yeah. even more significant for me for sure. uh so i if, if i had to draft another player from nola it would have been poroshenko okay uh but obviously with you taking blast that uh, that took care of that and this actually takes care of a lot so at this point i don't know looking back at it this is the point where it was like okay well that was the that, that was, I don't know, I don't want to be mean to anybody else still remaining, although I don't think many of them are active. That was like where we draw the line, sort of right, right in between here. So 
your next two picks, you go Chico Smeb from Calgary uh, and Akashi69 from Hamilton. Do you want to quickly discuss those? Yeah, uh, two very serviceable defensemen. Yep. <laughs> they round out my defense core. Um, I don't know that they're both going to be on the opening night roster. Um, mm-hmm. I know, you know, defensemen are valuable commodities around the league. We're already pretty deep. Um, it's possible that, you know, we're at the point in the draft where some of the assets that are available are flippable. Yep. Um, so it's kind of massaging the interest around the league a little bit, uh, see, seeing if there's a fit. <laughs> if not, then we have six defensemen of 1,000 TP or over. I think um, Skinner's pretty close to 1,000. Uh, so that that's yeah. a really good defense core for yeah um, for an expansion team. And that's Which not even important. considering, yeah. That's not even considering Buster either. Like, um, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's uh, it, it took care of the defense. I still, I thought, as far as players go in the draft, they were the two best players left on uh, left on the list. Yep, I, I I would agree. And Smeb was someone who's on my radar, just as sort of a, a filler, even though he's inactive at this point, uh, sort of a filler defenseman. Um, so yeah, nice, nicely done there. You, you round out the decor. And at this point, I, I was kind of tracking your roster as you went. And so I noticed that you were kind of full on D. So even though I still needed defense, I turned to more of the forwards, um, just cause that's who you were going to take. Um, right. so I take Nathan explosion and Philip Zadina, basically the same things that Tig just said about his last two picks. You could apply the same to these two, except they're forwards instead of defensemen. Um, so McCool is someone who's a, a good locker room influence, although he's not really updating anymore. It's still like a, a, an active person, a, a voice I can add to the room. Um, and again, a, a serviceable build. Um, over going to be over 1,000 TPE to start the season, so totally fine with that as a filler. Zadina, um, inactive again, but uh, a decent, decent build, decent TPE, almost 1,000 TPE, and so at this point, you're just looking for anyone who can actually play. You know, if, Like you're saying, if you can flip them for assets or flip them for something else, that's great. If not, they'll suit up and, and be serviceable. Um, so I took Explosion and Zadina. That would be rounding out now Winnipeg and Toronto. I don't think anyone else from those teams was really on our radar. I don't know. I'll speak, I don't, I won't speak for you, but for me, it was not really interested in anyone else. Yeah, that, that was pretty well it. <laughs> yeah. Um, then you go for Nolan McMahon and Alexi Rykov. Uh, I, I realize we're being really slow about this, so we can zip through these last few. <laughs> uh, yeah, McMahon, obviously inactive, but you know a serviceable goalie. He's yep. just under 800 TP. Um, he, he'll do. Um, that It gives me a little bit of time to search for a longer-term option, uh, yep. whether that's um, a prospect, whether that's a goalie becoming available through trade or free agency. Uh, we'll, we'll have to see. Yeah, but this buys you, like you said, this buys you a couple seasons to yeah, to he's get all of that. He's not imminently about to regress, so an 800 TPE goalie will do the job. Yep, um, it's not the best situation, but it's not the far from the worst. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Rykov, actually, interesting case. He's um, I've talked to him a little bit on Discord. Um, he actually accepted his contract. Nice, uh, he's, wow. He's he's in the Discord. Um, he'd obviously been inactive for. I think it was a couple of months. Um, so we're hopeful that, you know, maybe the whole expansion experience gets him a little bit uh, jazzed up and on track. And he's already almost 900 TP, I think. So 
even if he never earns another another TPE, he's still serviceable. Right. Um, but you know, if he if he can start earning again, then that's just gravy. Yeah, yeah, and especially at this point in the draft, that's that's all you can ask for. Um, nice, congrats. I hope I hope he stays active for you. That'd be awesome. That would definitely be a really <laughs> positive development. Uh, so next, I take two from New England. I take Egger and Mike Hrock, uh, or Mike Crotch. Um, so <laughs> these are people, obviously, that I know from New England. Um, Egger, been inactive, but I know Moosecott pretty well. We're teammates in ISFL, and if I ever need him to do an update, I can definitely bother him, and he'll do it for me. Um, and even if not, he's a... Uh, going to be a little bit under a thousand to start the season, but at this point, need somebody to fill out the defense team, and and he's a, a good person, someone that I like, someone that I'll, I'll happily have around in the locker room. So happy to de- get him. Then I also took Jabs as my backup goalie. Um, I talked a little bit about this on the draft stream uh, seven. I think asked this question. Um, why would I take a backup in this? Uh, I think my answer was that I don't want to have to worry about taking a backup elsewhere and. Jazz is still pretty young, even though he's not earning all that much. He's an extremely positive guy, a really good person to have around the locker room. And it allows me to not have to worry about drafting a goalie, which is sort of interesting. It's kind of like the, the opposite of what you're doing. I don't think there's one that's better than another. Um, but, but this allows me to not have to worry about thinking about goalie for a couple of, uh, a couple of seasons at least. So those are my two New England picks. Yeah, um, uh, that, makes, that makes a lot of sense. Were you thinking about taking clean at any point? Um. If I'd picked a player off of New England, it probably would have been him. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't have the most TPE, so it would have been kind of a rough <laughs> transition to the SHL, I think. Yeah, but he's he's freaking hilarious, man. So good. <laughs> it's incredible. It, I don't want to like. I don't know. It's incredible. He's incredible. He's amazing. Yeah, we had, we had him in Hamilton for a while, um, yeah. and he this just the shit he says. <laughs> fantastic yeah um he's a, ge- a creative genius of sorts i've never seen somebody commit so hard to a bit exactly it's, exactly i i admire it so much incredible um so next up you take christopher svensson and jack kennedy just some inactive forward fillers right yeah uh svensson in particular i grabbed because he was pretty well the only thing resembling an shl player out of <laughs> baltimore um and i didn't want you to take him (laughs) yep i was going to i was going to next yeah it it was kind of one of those things where it's just like okay i I grab him now and then at least i have my maybe i release him maybe i don't if free agency goes well but i'd rather have the option than not um and then same thing with kennedy you know he's uh regressing a little bit um actually his his regression posts or the regression post has him as a season 38 player, but he's actually a season 43. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. So uh, I, gotta, I have to talk to somebody about that because he's definitely not getting hit with 18% regression. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, save, save uh, the little that you can get. Yeah. Um, other than that, not a, not a whole lot to say. <laughs> yeah, so, so no offense to any of the players who were taken from these teams, but like before the draft, Tig and I were sort of going back and forth making jokes about like, what's going to happen when we have to take someone from Baltimore, or what's going to happen when we have to take someone from Minnesota. Uh, and, you know, here we are. Here's where it happened. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't think anybody would be too insulted. It just means that your team got to protect the, the core guys. Yeah, uh, for sure. It left us frustrated, but that's probably a good thing for, for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so my next two, again, with the inactives, I take C.T. Carragher and Andre Barbashev. Uh, I think maybe it was Toman who pointed this out. Uh, this is rain and rain delay back-to-back, kind of cool. Um, Carragher was someone who I still have hope could be a sneaky pick. He's a season 52, still pretty young. And I was talking with Rain Delay on Discord, uh, and he said that uh, being drafted to expansion might sort of revive his um, spirit for the league. Like you were saying with Rykov, maybe a way to, to coax him back into activity. Um, so I took Carragher here instead of one of the other inactives from Minnesota on the hopes that he'll come back in some capacity. Um, he has not yet. Uh, so this could wind up being a pretty bad pick. Uh, but we'll see. You know, I, I still have faith that I could maybe coax him into uh, a big update or, or something like that. We'll see. And then uh, Barbashev, I, sorry, yeah. I would counter that at this point in the draft, there's not a bad pick. Maybe. Uh, so he, the issue is he's on an active contract. He's in, his contract isn't inactive. So if I need to drop him, I'd take a little cap hit. Uh, okay, that's fair. So that's why it's a bad pick. But he told me he'd come back, so we'll see. Maybe I'm a sucker. We can all hope. <laughs> then we got uh, Barbashev uh, in an active. Um, uh, Stephen Moyer was available from San Francisco, a much higher TPE player, but um, I talked to him. I, I don't know if you did. I talked to him, and he said he was going to test free agency, so uh, I didn't take the shot on Moyer. Yeah, if um, I, I probably would have done the same thing I did with Buster if he was still available in my next turn. Mm-hmm. Um, with Moyer, I just you know, give let him into the dressing room for a week, see, see how he likes it. Um, <laughs> I know he's still going to test for agency, but you know, at that point in the draft, it's, it, the potential is there to you know, maybe sway things in your favor a little bit. For sure. I was considering it here instead of, uh, instead of Barbashev. I was definitely considering it. When I talked to him, it seemed like he had one team that he was interested in free agency, so that's why I kind of moved away. It seemed like he... he yeah, I don't know, maybe he had his mind made up, but uh, I don't know. Maybe it would have been worth it. I wound up going Barbashev just as someone who I can drop for free if I need to, basically. Um, yeah. Then you've got, you've got Cleary, we've already talked about. You've got Al Cahal from Tampa, and then I've got Con Smeb from Baltimore just to fill out the roster. Do you have anything interesting to say about those round 15 picks? Um, okay, I wish Al was still active. I actually Same. really like Al. Same, dude. Uh, I remember. We- he was a big part of our locker room in Hamilton for a while. Um, and then he just kind of disappeared in and around the start of Corona. Yeah. Um, and he, he checked in a little bit a couple times. And then we haven't heard from him in a while, which is sad because, you know, he, he was actually fitting in really well. Yeah. Uh, but, um, you know, if, if, if he comes back, I'd be very, very happy. For sure. Again, good luck. That'd be, that'd be a great, a great, uh, great thing. Um, so that wraps up our, our recap. You've got the absolute scrubs at the bottom, Echo Van Otter, Tig Murphy, bunch of bums. Um, I think we've addressed most of the questions that we got, but I do want to read out a couple from Trips. Um, so I'll, I'll ask you first, where do you see your team five seasons from now? That is a very good question that's very difficult to answer before yep. free agency. Yep, that's my answer too. I think we both have pretty high hopes for, for free agency, and, and we'll see how it goes. I, I think this season's going to be interesting because we're probably going to see a little bit more movement than usual. Um, <laughs> more movement than none. Yeah. <laughs> not, not a high bar to clear. Right. Um, but at the same time, there, you know, there are some nice pieces available as well as some top shelf pieces. 
Sure. So I, I think it's going to be us trying very hard to fill in the roster a little bit, um, if absolutely nothing else. If we yeah. can get a really nice piece to build around, that's fantastic. Obviously, we want to see that. But um, if we can't, we can at least do right by our team, make sure that the young guys are getting sheltered a little bit, um, make sure that the, the, the good players that we do have have a partner or have a, a couple of line mates to play with. Yeah, um, definitely. And so, yeah, sorry. I kind of agree. Yeah. It's, it's tough to answer that five seasons from now question before free agency really happens. Cause that'll be, I don't know. It's tough to, you don't want to put all your eggs in any basket in SHL and you definitely don't want to put all your eggs in the free agency basket, but um, it's kind of all we have at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all about maneuvering yourself to be in a position to take advantage of opportunities in For sure. the, divisions in the conferences you know uh you, you you do your best you follow the process and then eventually the time's going to come where it's your turn to go in on something and really yeah. make a, a big move to push the team's window forward yeah for sure uh, making that move too early or too late can obviously hurt you but uh it's, it's it's all about just kind of being patient and then when the moment's right you just that's when you go yeah yeah, 100%. Um, Tripp's other question, I think, is a really interesting one that we, we can talk about this for a little bit. There's, uh, here's this question. There was plenty of speculation talk from the HTT folks about potential trades for GMs to protect additional players. Did much of that happen? We didn't see much from the outside, but that doesn't mean a bunch of stuff wasn't going on behind the scenes that fell apart in the end. So he's talking about um, GMs of existing teams reaching out to us or us reaching out to them and them offering us something in order to protect some of the things that they had exposed. Um, so I'll say my part first, and then you can see if you had a similar experience. I didn't get any of that at all. I had zero, zero attempts to protect a player. Absolutely nothing. Um, yeah. I tried a couple of times. So there were a couple of GMs I proposed this to um, and didn't get anywhere. So Yeah, I mean, selfishly, I look at the, the protection rules and wonder if... That's probably a sign that they were a little bit too favorable for the existing teams. I could not agree more. <laughs> and I think this is especially, I don't know, we don't, we don't need to rag on them. They're, they're looking out for the league. It's just sort of Oh, yeah, no, of course. But it is interesting. I don't know if you, if you um, are still, are you still active in ISFL? Are you still following that? Um, I, I am a bit of a bust in the ISFL. Okay. Well, they're doing an expansion too. It's coming up in a couple weeks, I think. Um, and their right. expansion rules compared to ours, I don't know if you've seen them, it's absolutely night and day. Like they're so, I don't want to say easy, but like they're so tough on the existing teams. Like the protections are so minimal. Um, the, the like percentage of the roster that you have to leave exposed is ridiculous. Right. You get one fewer class auto-protected as well. And, and that's basically the exact opposite experience that we have here. Yeah, I, I, if, if I was in charge obviously i'm a little bit biased <laughs> but I, I think if i if i got to make one change to the protection lists it would have been six four one instead of seven four one i yep. think the defensemen that were exposed perfectly fine you i i've made a serviceable defense core out of this expansion draft you got some good pieces we're both doing okay on defense yeah the forwards in general are either too young to be impactful or just aren't there yet outside of the free agents. Yeah. And I don't know, like when you hear just one extra slot, it doesn't sound like that much, but if you actually go roster by roster, team by team, if you look at 
what would have happened, it's actually pretty significant, not only because you'd have more players exposed, but you might actually lead to this possibility that Trips is referring to where GMs are actually like willing to give things up to protect certain players. And instead, exactly. you know, we get, we get the other way. Uh, it, neither of us had any offers, it sounds like, for that. Um, so, yeah, kind of sucks. But I think we're both pretty pleased with what we got, especially given those rules. Um, obviously, could have possibly been better if there were different rules, but I don't think either of us are going to complain from now on. Well, I might still complain, but, you know. Yeah, we, we, we can complain a little bit, you know. I think this just gives us an excuse. Process, we have to do it without a co. We, we, we've earned a little bit of bitching. Oh, that's the other thing. In ISFL, you get your co already. You get your co. Oh, like, yeah. You can well, do it together. Same in, same in PBE. In PBE, they, they, uh, they award it to the duo. So you get yeah. your, your player and your co's player for free already. Um, Imagine having help. <laughs> dude, this is like, I don't know, this has been a, like a, a not, I don't want to say a full-time job, but it's been a decent amount of work for us to just do this on our own the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's 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 been a lot of fun, but like for sure, there are definitely some times, that are, especially just the more tedious stuff, like you know, setting up a spreadsheet, reaching out. To people, <laughs> it it, it, it eats up so much of the time, and if you could have halved that, oh, for sure, for sure. So nice. And normally, like w- when you're talking about scouting for an entry draft, you know, you can divvy the work up between yourself and the co, and then also the war room. Yep. Um, yep. You know, having more hands on deck is always nice. So it's it's nice to actually have some hands on that deck. <laughs> well, hopefully each of us can get some more hands on that deck because the actual draft or the, the entry draft is coming up soon. So work never stops for us here, huh? Yeah, no, it's it's the busiest time, I think, uh, just with everything going on at once in the offseason. But um, no, it's exciting. It's the start of two baby franchises. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we're going to be forever linked. So it's, it, it's going to be interesting in a few seasons to look back at how it all started. Hey, man, there's no one I'd rather be forever linked to. You as well, man. It's, it's, it, I was actually so stoked when we both got it just because, you know, we, we get along so well and we, we, we've never been in our locker room together. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, have, having somebody doing, going through it with you is, that you're friendly with, you know, you, you're able to joke around with, it just makes a huge difference. So, yeah. And like, I think we've utilized that throughout the process, like talking to each other, bitching about various things, like sharing yeah. information or I don't know, like, I don't know. It's been, it's been a stressful process for sure, but um, doing it together has honestly made it kind of better. It's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, so I think that wraps up everything. I fucking shame on anyone for actually listening all the way through to this. This is going to be long as hell. Um, thank you for joining me. Uh, good luck with the rest of building your team. Good luck with, getting your inactives back active. Good luck with the draft. Good luck getting a co and, and good luck getting everything running off ground. Yeah, you as well, man. It's, it's going to be really fun to see how everything goes over the next little bit. Hell yeah. Uh, good luck. And uh, one other thing I was going to say, I think uh, like us being linked forever is cool. And I think it's also really cool that we got like a fire team, water team. I think I've said this elsewhere, but I think the fact that these two are entering at the same time, one blue, one red, one fire, one water, that's like an extra element that makes it super cool. It is pretty neat how that worked out, actually. Completely coincidental, obviously. We didn't plan around that. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Tig. Take care. All right. Have a good one.